Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Our uh, sponsor here is Rough Greens. Um, I have a dog who's 144 years old. Uh, and it, uh, Miles is one of these dogs that will uh, jump in uh, to the food at the snail's pace uh, that he moves uh, everything else. He, he, <laughs> he, he basically, you know, he's, he's like he's 100 years old. So you give him a piece of food, and he sits there and just kind of stares at it for a while. And then he pushes it around and... He's very, uh, very selective with what he eats. Uh, not with rough greens, though. You put the rough greens on his food, man. He just jumps right in. Uh, I don't know what they put in that stuff. I mean, they know. I mean, I mean, they tell oh, it's us it's dog crack. It's dog crack. I mean, it, yeah, it's dog crack. It's all yeah. natural and all these really good things for the dog. But I don't know. Whatever it is, they they love it. Yeah, uh, and you can get it right now. Rough Greens. Uh, try the 14-day Jumpstart bag. Fourteen ninety-five. See the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Uh, I mean, I I personally would just keep uh, giving it to your dog. I, I uh, I've been doing it now for f- four months, and the change in Uno is just remarkable. Uh, Rough Greens. R u f f Greens dot com slash Beck. Call eight three three Glenn thirty three Rough Greens dot com slash Beck. Uh, just a note before we go on with the stations uh, to the control room. I am only seeing uh, Hillary and uh, the ranch monitor. If I could get an air monitor, I would appreciate it. Okay. Good show for you today. Lots of fun uh, on today's program because it's Friday, man. Relax. It's Friday. America from the Standing Rock Ranch. It is Friday. Yeah, you know, now that most of us aren't working, uh, it doesn't mean quite as much as it used to, but uh, it is still Friday. And I'm sorry, but I need some time to screw off and just blow off some steam. And I, I had an idea. You know, the national anthem is very, very racist. I, I don't know if you know that, but very racist. Uh, so. I've got an idea on that. Also, uh, we've got a... Um, I need a translation. Joe Biden said something on ABC, and I have absolutely no idea what he was talking about. So, you know, maybe we'll give a... I don't know, give one of my socialist books away. Um, just scratch out all of the bad parts about socialism, and it's perfect uh, for today's America. But if somebody can actually translate on what the hell he was even talking about... Uh, We'll give you a prize on that today. Also, a couple of people who are experts on Epstein. Did he kill himself? Did he not kill kill himself? Uh, And what are they doing to keep his... She is... 
lover, co-worker. I don't even I don't even know exactly what she was, but you know she's in prison now and they're going to keep her super super safe. <laughs> we have that and so much more. Oh, oh, by the way, did you hear about the mayor of uh of Seoul, South Korea? He committed suicide. Now when I started reading about this, uh I thought Oh crap! What does that mean? Was this a was this a killing of him? No, apparently he had been uh, outed, and there was some scandal going on in his life, and he committed suicide. And I thought, man, if our elected officials were just a little bit more like the South Koreans, so many of our problems would just disappear, wouldn't they? This is. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, watch me. All right. Simply safe. Making decisions is super hard, especially decisions that require you to spend money. And the old saying goes, an ounce of pre- uh, pre- prevention is worth a pound of cure. Oh, my gosh. Why are we, why are we comparing things with weight? I mean, that just is going to make fat people feel. I mean, not right now, I'm weeping inside. Uh, sometimes... That ounce, however, will cost you a lot. Fortunately, that is not the case with Simply Safe. When you get Simply Safe, you're getting 10 pounds of security and uh, you are paying the price for an ounce. It is easy to install. You own it. The cameras and the sensors are so discreet, they're practically invisible. You're getting the top name now in home security and video verification monitoring in the bargain. Now, I do mean bargain. Is it worth 50 cents a day to keep the family safe, especially with everything that is going on right now? You know, crime is going up. Stu, did you hear this? Crime is going up. What? And I can't. Yeah, apparently it's because America is reopening again. That's what the Democrats are saying. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. that. And it's definitely Mm -hmm. not the fact that the police can't go anywhere where crime might occur. What are you talking about? Well, like, no, you know, of course not. Police. No, no, no. The okay. police are committing crime all the time. Oh, that's uh, right. No, this is America opening up again and the policies of Donald Trump. Mm. This has nothing to do with anything else. Anyway, um, if you buy that, don't worry about Simply Safe. You're going to be fine. If you know what's happening in our country, may I suggest simplysafebeck.com. Go there today. Simplysafebeck.com. You're going to get a free HD security camera. That's simplysafebeck.com. Panic room not included. Make sure you let them know that uh, I sent you it. Simplysafebeck.com. Friday. Hey, I saw this today. Um, the Australian Square Kilometer Array Pathfinder, in other words, a big, huge radio telescope, uh, found four things we've never seen before. Four faint objects uh, that the radio wavelengths uh, show are highly circular and brighter along the edges, and they're unlike anything we've ever seen before. Now, I don't know what this is. It could be a different kind of sun. It could be a planet. I'm hoping it's alien spaceships on the way here. I have never hoped 
for an alien invasion of the world ever. I was, you know, I was going to say I've never hoped for it more. I've never hoped for an alien invasion of the world. I am right now. I'm really kind of there. I'm, I'm ready for the aliens just to come on in and take it, you know? I mean, what's it worth at this point? I, just, just take it. Uh, you know, we don't really just even take want it. it anymore. Just go for right. it. You can see by the way we're treating a, it. Right. Even if their plans for humanity, it, it is a cookbook. I'm pretty okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I really, yeah. you know, I'm okay. Uh, and I think it would be the most sane thing that happened in 2020. Uh, by the way, did you hear about the guy who stole a car uh, and he was, uh, he was, you know, uh, fleeing from the authorities, those damn police officers, just let him have the car. Why not just let him have the car? He needed the car. Anyway, they were in a high-speed chase, and he hit somebody. Um, He was in a stolen uh, Toyota Land Cruiser, and um, he hit somebody in the intersection, Um. But the person that he the, the, the person that he hit uh, was a woman um, who was also driving a stolen car, uh, and she, and and she uh, and she also was driving under the influence. So the cops really kind of got two birds with one stone. Or <laughs> these two people were so unbelievably uh, kept down by the man. You know, they're both white. But, hey, they probably believe in Black Lives Matter, and that's probably what they were doing, was stealing these cars to give them to poor black children in the inner cities. Uh, and the police come in and oppress them even more. Don Lemon said yesterday that uh, even Christ said uh, that uh, he wasn't perfect. I, I don't remember that in my Bible. <laughs> Do you remember that, Stu? I feel like there there are lots of different denominations of Christianity, and none of them believe what Don Lemon said. I'm sorry, who? Who? What? what, Nobody believe what? What? Don Lemon, he's a... Mm He's a theologian, isn't he? (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, Reverend... uh, Sorry, Reverend Don Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm a Reverend Doctor. So I know these things. I I think that he was he was very, very correct on that point. Uh, And uh, one other thing, the NFL has decided that they are going to um, uh, start now, not just with the national anthem, but the black national anthem as well. Uh, so every game will have two national anthems. Do I have that right, Stu? My understanding is they're going to do it before the first game. Uh, so every every the first week of games, so it's going to happen in week one, but not in week two. Now it'll be interesting to see if uh, they actually stand by that after week one. Uh, mm-hmm. While you're erasing black, is this an act of black erasure? Is that what's happening? Yes, is that what they're doing? I, I actually like the uh, the black national anthem. I don't, I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? I don't. I have not uh, heard of it. Um, and I also okay. like I don't. I didn't know there was a black nation to have a national anthem. I thought we were supposed to have a, well, a melting no, pot and such. But I guess that's yeah. long outdated. Yeah. Well. Okay. So okay. Let's not let's not quibble over that. I mean, who really owns Oklahoma anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Um, so the black national anthem 
is uh, is actually really good. Do we have we have the copy of the first? This is the first recording of it, like in 1920. I'm playing it because nobody owns the rights to it. So, um, what do you mean you don't have it? it it's it was right there. Bowie sent it all to you. Do we not have these national no, anthems? Technical issue, it looks like. We have a technical issue. I'll just sing it for okay. you. Well, no. no, I don't, actually don't know what it is. Um, no, it's, re- <laughs> it's really, really good. It's really good. Uh, and and I, you know, I, I like it. Now, here's the thing. Most people don't know this, but uh, it was written by a Republican. Uh, is, are they doing so what to do now? Do, do they allow African Americans in the Republican hmm? Party? Is that now a new thing? Or? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently they do and have since Abraham Lincoln. Oh. Uh, but uh, it, it was a black guy uh, who wrote it. And it, it's really, really, I really like it. The problem with it is, is the lyrics actually go against Black Lives Matter. So I'm all for playing it and singing it because the lyrics uh, are pretty offensive if you believe in Black Lives Matter. So I don't know what to do. Of course, now they're offensive again because it was written by a Republican, which I love. And his Republican brother set it to music, which I love. Uh, but that's just for people who pay attention to um, to history. All right, let me take a break so the control room can talk to me about what's happening. Because otherwise, I'm otherwise everything I've planned for today, um, you know, we're just going to have to make up. Because, I mean, for a guy who's going into the Radio Hall of Fame, I don't see a lot of improbability here. I mean, what, what's going on? Oh, well, I just like to know where we're going. That's I, all. Gee, that's all where you think now, Rush was, Limbaugh needs yeah, to no, know I, where he's going? He just does the show. What do you, what, what, I mean, this if you want to go into the Radio Hall of Fame, yeah. you need to swing with the big boys here, Glenn. Yeah. You were nominated. Not going to be. Not going to be. Yeah, no, but nominated. I am the Susan Lucci of the Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame. I'm nominated, and it's such an honor. But I, I, I got to get into the Radio Hall of Fame. And you know what's really bad this year? Is the people that are nominated uh, uh, one of? I don't mind losing to John and Ken. I think John and Ken are great oh, yeah. at KFI. Mm-hmm. I think they are absolutely they're they're legendary. They belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't mind losing to them, but if I lose to the people on NPR, I'm going to hang myself. <laughs> I cannot lose to the people on NPR. I mean, John and Ken, yes, but if the people that get in are the people from NPR. Come on, <laughs> come on! Yeah, and you, and I, I'd like Jeez. to use this as a criticism, but you know the NPR people are not improving during their shows, uh, so no, no, no. <laughs> and they and they've got like four hundred people. Their government, their <laughs> government. They have four hundred people writing. All you have to do is write one word in this monologue, and then somebody else you pass it on. It's it's like a. It's like a chain of monkeys that are right. They've got all these people at NPR, and it sucks. I just want to point that out. Wow, you're talking. Are you talking trash about the soft-spoken words of NPR? Of NPR? Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> they do. They do yes, have a lot. Of, they got a lot of resources over there. It's an interesting because they have so many producers. I like the idea though that they're all writing one word per week and it's, and handing the scripts down. It, like if you have the easy I week, think that's, I like, think that's what happens. You know, if the yeah. is, is your this week is or my is, week. this is my is guys, week. <laughs> guys, I came up with something really, really good. 
See if you can build on this. My word, summer. Take it. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> wow. I've been working all week on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. No, it's, 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 it's good. So I, I already have uh, <coughs> put together my uh, acceptance speech, which I'll do at some point. You can only be nominated five times. I think this is my third. And uh, so... Now, Susan you do, Lucci. You do realize that this audience has something to say about uh, about you getting into the Radio Hall of Fame. You do realize that that uh, starting, I believe, on Monday, yeah, uh, they can vote for their favorite show. And I think it's it's John and Ken. It's you. It's, uh, <laughs> but NPR this audience, just Justin to be Miller. funny, mm-hmm. this audience, just to be funny, will vote for the NPR <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> just to torture you. I don't, don't do you know, that. Just Please like, don't do that. Oh, I don't be serious. <laughs> That's what will happen. That is what will happen. <laughs> they, will, they will vote for the NPR people just to say, they'll be like, this is hysterical. Yeah. This is hysterical. I hope they don't do that. So, I, it would be nice for you to get in. You deserve to get, be in, even though, uh, obviously, you know, all of your success is really more based on me. But, uh, you know, you still, it was a lot of success. So, <laughs> oh, no, you definitely deserve to be in. Hopefully that happens this, this year. But you're right. John and Hopefully Ken are great, that, too. Uh, yeah. it's, it's how, every year, there's always really good shows. I mean, it's... There's yeah, I don't mind shows. losing to John and Ken. I, I mean, I'm expecting to lose to John and Ken. Uh, but, yeah, I'm expecting uh, you to lose to John and Ken, too. If I lose to NPR, <laughs> if, I, if, I lose to NPR if I'm not at least in second and first is not NPR, I'm, I, I mean, there's just... I'll lose the will to live. I really, I really will. I mean, you still have some America's chosen Marxism. It seems okay, but the people at NPR too. <laughs> Come on. All right. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour, because that's what a professional does. Of course, not at NPR. Anyway, uh, it's a rare occasion in life that somebody comes along who just wants to give you free money, but that's really what happens. Usually it's the other way. Somebody's at the you know gunpoint saying, give me your money. This is somebody who's saying, take your money, save your money. Um, it's, it's honey. Join the free app that you can download to your computer or device. It runs in the background and it's going to find the best promo codes and discounts online when you're shopping. For instance, this is how it works. If you go to blaze.com, uh, and you didn't know the promo code and you put, you know, a promo code Glenn in there, uh, you'd save 10%. But if you then clicked honey, it would give you the promo code that saves $20 off of your uh, subscription this week. Fight the mob. And so you would end up saving. You have the coupon or the promo code, and it's like 10%. Well, there's another one that's better out there that'll save 20%. That's what Honey does, and it does it all automatically, quickly. It just goes out and it searches whatever you're trying to buy for the best promo code. So... Joinhoney.com slash back. That's where you go. You download this free app. They don't keep your information. They're not going to sell your information. Um, they, they get, they get paid by the companies that are, uh, are, are wanting your business. Joinhoney.com slash back. Joinhoney.com slash back. Get some of the $2 billion that they've already saved, uh, their customers and the people who have the app. Get some of that because you don't all have to overpay. Don't. Joinhoney.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay. All right. 
Uh, well, let me go to uh, let me go to uh, some of the stuff that I really I really wanted to make this a fun show today, but uh, apparently uh, things crashed at the studio. We are having so many problems right now. I, we must be doing something important um, because we are just having so many issues that 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 crash that happened for restoring uh hope it, w- it was incredible we've never seen anything like it um we lost the network we lost all of the connections internally we we our, our blaze tv.com went down our connection to youtube and facebook went down like two minutes before this thing was supposed to start, it was it was unbelievable. NPR unbelievable. never has problems like this. No, they don't. No. no, they don't. Of course, they also don't have anybody after them, like Satan. <laughs> uh, so, I just want to throw that throw that in there because <laughs> sure. uh, I think he's after us. Oh, by the way, um, I when are the Black Lives Matter people going to get to the National Gallery of Art? Uh, because they really need to. Um, because in the National Gallery of Art is a um, uh, is a statue of Margaret Sanger, and I don't know if you uh, know much about Margaret Sanger, but she didn't really like black people. Uh, in fact, she said, "Let's kill all of their babies, and let's get the church, the black churches, on board. We can't tell them that's our goal." We're just going to tell them we care about their community and we care about women and we'll kill all the black people. But that's all she said. Um, Well, actually, no, that's not all she said. But that's a thumbnail sketch of, (laughs) you know, Margaret Sanger, you know, in a nutshell. And uh, and she's got a beautiful, beautiful statue there in the National Gallery of Art. And I'm just wondering. Uh, when the uh, when the highbrow uh, uh, BLM people uh, finally get around to it, are you going to ask the National Gallery of Art to uh, remove the statue of Margaret Sanger? Somehow, I, I tend to doubt that that's going to be a priority for this particular statue ripping down movement. Huh? Really? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, seems to be low on the priority okay. list. I mean, it, it, that's never okay. been a concern. Right. Apparently, never. The most racist things uh, that uh, Sanger said never seemed to be a concern for BLM or well, any other left-wing you activist. Can't, you can't judge her. You can't judge her. She was from a different age, you know. And there's many things that uh, people say that, you know, I might disagree with, but I still agree with them on other things. I mean, you could judge now, the Dukes I don't of Hazzard by Hitler the, on that one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As Deshaun Jackson found out, you can't. There's no good words that come from Hitler that you should be throwing yeah. in quotes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. never a good idea. And I, I put, I just want to, I just want you to know, I put Margaret Sanger in that category. I mean, she did teach the Germans an awful lot. They believed in eugenics, uh, both. About very, eugenics. Very, yeah, very yeah. much so. And she was taught by the eugenics people in Germany uh, before the war on how to sell it to the American people. So it's kind of, again, you know, two peas in a pod there. I'm just just pointing out But there's other Margaret Sanger statues. I know there's a Margaret Sanger statue in Hillary Clinton's uh, living room this because is the she won Beck the program. Margaret Sanger Award. <laughs>
or something. Hmm, it's interesting. Uh, all all right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our sponsor. Our sponsor here. Uh, you know, look, it's been a very difficult a couple of months. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, you might be mm. on edge all day or mm-hmm. sleep poorly at night. If that is your new normal, give a CBD a try. Uh, you've heard the potential health benefits of CBD. It's been all over the media. Uh, very impressive stuff. CBD is the powerful extract from cannabis, but it's legal. There's no high, and you yeah, don't and need... it doesn't get you high. Yeah, I know. It's not. That's it's not the, the problem point. with this stuff. It does. That's. I mean, if you no. really want to get out of pain, I think that's what has to happen. Now. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not what we're talking about here. Unfortunately, um, right. uh, no. th- but there is not high. This is a, this is a legal product, Glenn. Uh, you don't need a prescription from the experts mm. at cbdistillery.com. Does it work? In one survey, 90% of customers reported they sleep better with CBD. 90% and 80% say CBD helps with discomfort after physical activity. Uh, Order now. Save 20% at cbdistillery.com and enter the code STEW. cbdistillery.com. Enter the code STEW. It's cbdistillery.com. Code is STEW. Not available in Idaho, Nebraska, and Washington, D.C. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn for for 10 bucks off your membership. Just trying to be a little little more uh, accessible to my peeps. Uh, You know, uh, just getting jiggy with it. Welcome to the... Welcome to the program. It is Friday, and Pat Gray is joining us now. Pat, mm. um, you are a guy who really, I mean, you understand the English language like very few people do. <laughs> um, so I was hoping, because I think he's speaking English, I was hoping you could translate and tell me what Joe Biden was talking about <laughs> uh, or what he's trying to say here Okay, live on ABC. Here he is. Listen. He knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. I, what I propose is, is <laughs> it can be done. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. Yeah. And my team and your team mm-hmm. are already working Who's closely team? together mm-hmm. in light, to light up the path forward here. I don't have a team. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. The PRO Act. On politics like the prevailing and... Pro- look. Look. Yes, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm just look, taking too much time. He's too deep you know, right now. In the, he's I'm too deep. Much, that is his defense. He, look, he got okay, too deep. So what? I don't there. know what he. <laughs> I don't know what was he saying here, uh, Pat? Because you know we missed the very first word. Could you play that again? We missed the very first word too, because it was uh, an interesting word choice. Play it again. Lonnie knows. I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. Okay. I, what I Lonnie knows. Mm-hmm. Lonnie knows that he believes this uh, with every fiber of his being. We're posed. We're posed. We're posed. Okay. So I think the man is ready to lead. I think he's ready to lead. Yes. He's ready to lead Uh, us right to a nursing home. Yeah, that's where he's leading. Can I tell you something? Uh, Wow. Can I tell you something? And it would be the fitting ending for 2020, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it really would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, if the, if this guy is elected, you're mm. actually voting for his vice presidential choice uh, for the top of the ticket. Yes, you just have to understand yes. that. Yes. If if you're going to yes. vote for Joe Biden, I, you know, not long mm. into his first term, the vice president will be the president of the United States. I well, Lonnie, I really believe that. 
Lonnie knows. Well, Lonnie he, we're, knows. We're posed. We're posed. Yes. We're posed. And his team and my team, we're working together. Well, but look. I didn't look, know that. I, l- I didn't look, know you. Look. I've said too much. I, I, et cetera. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, there's okay. something I really love about that defense mechanism. Right. It's like whenever he screws something up badly enough, he just says he's been talking too long. Yeah. It's like most yeah. people are able to just yeah. continue to talk <laughs> and get through all the sentences right. with the words in the right order. You've literally been talking for about 10 seconds. You really haven't said that much yet. <laughs> you haven't. Okay. No. You, can we play it one more time? Because I think it's so deep uh, what he said here. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. Uh, we're posed. I, what I propose is, is <laughs> it can be done. What? I think we're in a position what can to, be? What he to really make it happen. It can be done. And my team and your team uh-huh. are already working what? closely uh-huh. together and light, to light up the path forward maybe, here. Maybe Critical laws like right. the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. On politics uh-huh. like prevailing and... Pre- Look, bailing and look. Yes, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm t- taking too yep. much time. But, you know. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm just getting senile. Um, I look, I'm just getting senile here, and, and I think we all know that. So I should just stop talking. There is an interesting thing that goes on with Biden, where he's not completely gone because he's still able to catch no. that he sounds like an idiot in the middle of it. Yeah, like he's still catching these right. things. He's like opposed. You know, crap. Uh, what I propose, and then he can corrects himself. He's still at the level where he can recognize. His moments of senility, that's not going to last forever. But what he proposed was, we can do this? What, I'm, wait, what you're propo- <laughs> wait, you're proposing. No, what he proposed was, this? look, look, we can do this. Right, right. Look, and we right. can do this. He gets so far down the road and realizes there's no, it's a dead end, right? There's no, yeah. there's nowhere else nowhere to, to go. go. So then he, that's when he says, look, I'm just, I've been driving too long. Uh, you know, we're just going to pull the car over on the side of the road right here in the cul de sac and call it a day. <laughs> All right. Can, honestly, would you, if this was your grandpa, Mm-hmm. And he said, "Hey, kids! Uh, everybody, pile into the car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us for a drive." Would anyone in your family maybe say, "Hey, Grandpa, how about if I drive?" Yeah. Or is or is he still driving in your family? Nope. No. Absolutely no. not. He's not driving. No. 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 This is this is crazy crazy mm-hmm. um all right let me let me change uh, subjects um the supreme court uh, has ruled that half of oklahoma <laughs> belongs to the indian tribe uh and so i mean it's like half of tulsa yeah um and 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 and, and really what they did gorsuch was right in what he what he ruled congress Never said the treaty is up. They never said that. So if they think the treaty is up, then they're going to have to act. Unlike what John Roberts did with Obamacare, he didn't change the law because he knows the Supreme Court justice can't change the law. Mm -hmm. So actually, the one I think is wrong on this one is John Roberts, because he's again saying Oh, uh, yeah, but this is what they really meant. No, no. They, if they, they have to do it if that's what they mean. Well, I mean, you know, that's not just Roberts, though. There, That was Clarence Thomas and Alito. And no, I know, Kavanaugh. I know. I mean, so, and their argument was more about how it was handled in the process and who should be responsible yes. for it. But, um, but, but it does right. seem like, the, as, typ- as is typical, the reason this issue exists is because Congress just wasn't clear and did their <clears> job. 
Plus, the issue really yeah. for me is that they took the whole Cherokee Nation and they they put us <laughs> on that reservation. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they took away no, our way shut, of no. life, the tomahawk, the bow right. and knife. Wait, your right. way of life? What are you? Yeah, uh, uh, they took away our native tongue and uh, taught right. their English to our young. You're young. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. Not- all the beads. You know what's really All the weird? beads we made by hand. You <laughs> okay. know where they're made right. nowadays? Where? In Japan. Hmm. Or maybe yeah. even more Japan. nowadays. Okay. China. Indonesia. Still, yeah. So, so right. Vietnam, okay. maybe. Okay. Korea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the Cherokee Nation is, you know, on the Trail of Tears, which I think mm-hmm. I think Andrew Jackson was a monster. He was a monster. Uh, he was corrupt. He was a Democrat, by the way. Um, he was corrupt. He did not care. He was a racist. He put them on the trail of tears uh, and did take away their land and, and broke all the treaties and everything else. And he did it for greed, personal gain. Now, with that being said, I just would like to point out uh, that uh, the Cherokee Nation on the trail of tears, uh, they did travel uh with their african-american slaves so let's just keep that into perspective that Mm -hmm. per capita the cherokee nation owned more slaves than white people did uh and uh slavery wasn't a white thing uh because they were enslaving you know uh other tribes before we ever got here um and they didn't release their s- slaves until two years after america released hers but uh but let's not talk about that talk that's about inconvenient yeah, we don't want to hear about that that, that <laughs> doesn't really fit what don't we're talking talk about, about. Yeah. yeah i don't even know yeah. what you're saying in fact are you speaking english i don't think so i mean with someone that makes so, a point that dumb get into the radio <laughs> hall of fame no, I, no it can't way. happen that can't happen <laughs> cannot happen no you need you know who you it's need it's not going to <laughs> you need wait what? wait from N- npr cuz uh, what wait what wait wait don't tell me from npr oh they don't even name the people yeah. that are going in it's just show Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's just show. <laughs> it's a show. Yeah, so you're putting a show in the Radio Hall of Fame? All right, well, whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. John and Ken deserve, well, deserve to go instead of you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you get turned I down. I don't mind. Lo- if you get turned down for the second straight year, I'm going to be pissed. I was pissed last year. And I'll Are be, you? Yes, I'll be doubly. And so I know that means a lot to the Radio Hall of Fame people. So just know you're going to get the wrath of Pat. <laughs> the guy who didn't get foreigner into the Rock and yes. Roll Hall of Fame will I'm be coming after you. Still working on it, though. We're still in their picture. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see in the uh, longstanding oh, my goodness. in the longstanding local show category? Uh, Mark and Brian are actually up this year too, which would be kind of cool to see. Them Those again. guys are good too. Yeah, really good. And they Those guys are great. There. Yeah. Bob Rivers. I mean, there's yeah. some really big names in there that, that that could go. And I don't know if they only can you, only one get in in each category. Is that how it works? Or yes, yeah, okay. that's how it works. Okay. It's kind of like you know, four year right. consideration. Mm-hmm. It's the Oscar thing, you know. 
Okay. So, all right. And it's an honor just to be nominated twice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you and, lose uh, this, you're not going to be saying that after this year, are you? It's it's an honor just to be nominated. That, that won't be a thing after this year. I mean, look, I, I think. No, I didn't. I haven't said that no. sincerely last year or this year. <laughs> no, it's about winning. Look, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, look, Glenn has had a, a, quite a career, even though obviously Pat and I have been really responsible for all the good things. Oh, but yeah, I mean, sure. when you come down to it, Wait. does Glenn deserve Wait. to be in the Hall of uh-huh. Fame? Sure. But would I rather have him have to suffer it out until year five? Yes. Uh, see, I, I, the last on the last you, vote. You know, uh, I I saw that I was nominated yesterday, and I and I looked it up, and because I, I thought I'm Susan Lucci, I will be nominated 18 times, and I will never get into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, and no, they have a special rule. You can only be nominated five times. And then after that, they're like, look, this loser's not getting in. So stop it. Okay. Just stop it. Uh, but the audience can vote starting Monday. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I believe it is mm-hmm. Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. you know, are they going to vote for Stephanie Miller just to spite you or uh, wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. Uh, probably if if I lose to the NPR people, I think this audience, you know, this audience, yeah, oh, yeah, I they hear do it I just mean, be, to be funny, <laughs> just to be funny, just to be funny. Yep, <laughs> I could see that happening. So if I lose to NPR, it will be just for the laughs. I know, I know this audience, and I thank you for that. I really do, and I'll be laughing. Oh, it'll be funny. With the NPR. Oh. Don't, don't, or wait, wait, or stop, stop, or whatever that show is. Man, that's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, all right. Thank you, Pat. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed is heard on uh, the Blaze Radio Network, and you can hear it every day um, prior to this show, or you can grab it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on tonight's show, uh, on uh, my Friday exclusive with just you and me, the listeners, it's commercial free uh, and it's behind the paywall only. I am actually taking the whiteness test that Seattle has to take. If you are if you are in city government in Seattle, they make you take this test to see, you know, how racist you are. I have a feeling I'm not going to pass this test. But uh, I have not seen the questions yet. They're being administered by an actual doctor uh, of, uh, I think she's psychology, isn't she, Dr. Borisenko? Uh, and uh, so she's going to administer this test. I want you to take it with me today on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, if you use fight the mob, you're going to save 20%. Now, it says here on the TV that you can only use Glenn, but I'd try Fight the Mob if it takes you. Do that. You'll save 20% on it. Um, Anyway, um, I invite you to watch because this is coming to probably your business. You're going to probably be asked to either take these. If Donald Trump loses, this is coming your way. I guarantee it. So take it and we'll explain. Uh, she promises to try to explain why all of these questions are being asked and what it really means. That'll be today on blazetv.com slash Glenn. blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code fight the mob and save 20 bucks. Mike Lindell is one of the best things that's ever happened to sleep. 
My pillow has revolutionized my sleep life and millions of others, uh, which has made my quality of life much, much better. I'm not alone. There are a lot of people who just feel more rested in the morning when they when they end their day with uh, Mike Lindell's my pillow. Now he's got all kinds of different products. Uh, it's not just the pillow. He makes really great sheep sheets and sheep's sheets. See that Hall NPR would have made that mistake. Yep, Hall of Fame is coming. <laughs> uh, no, I honestly can I tell you something. It actually is just an honor to be nominated because I think at least once a show, and I know you do as a listener, but I really do think at least once a show. How do I still have a broadcast career? <laughs> How is that possible? I'm one of the worst broadcasters ever. Uh, any, anyway, so uh, he makes great sheets. That and I'm a I'm a sheet snob, uh, and these are great. And you can get them now two for the price of one. So get one of their offers. Many of their products: the duvet covers, the pillows, uh, their bolster, neck, and Giza. Elegance pillows and much, much more uh, deals on all of them, including face masks as well. Go to mypillow.com, mypillow.com, and click on the new radio listener specials to check out the buy one, get one free deals. It's promo code back at mypillow.com. That's mypillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials and use the promo code back. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. We've got a great hour for you. Um, two experts that have looked into Jeffrey Epstein uh, and his death. Uh, they can explain the whole scandal. Have you seen the Netflix series on this, Stu? Yes, I have. Uh, it's pretty, 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 uh, pretty amazing. They have some really good interviews in it. Yeah. My son-in-law called me and he said, Dad, Jeffrey Epstein... He's a bad guy. Like, <laughs> You're just arriving there. And he's like, well, I knew it was bad. He said, I knew it was child abuse and, you know, that he was abusing, you know, underage girls. He said, but I didn't realize it was that deep. I didn't realize yeah. that this was a global network that he had done. And I, I, I'm telling you, I think the guy worked for our intelligence community. I think that's how screwed up our intelligence community is that they would protect this guy and use him uh, to gather intelligence and to and to blackmail. I'll I'll bet you that's what was happening. We'll find out. We're going to uh, we're going to talk to a couple of experts on it uh, who have a lot to say and some amazing stories coming up. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hey everybody knows PayPal, but did you know that they were teaming up with Honey to save you money? Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And now it's part of the PayPal family. Just add Honey to your computer and shop on all of your favorite sites like normal. When it comes to checkout, just click the little Apply Coupons button when it pops up. A few seconds later, Honey scans the database for all the working coupons on the web and watch your price drop. Honey works on nearly every online store, Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, uh, Lululemon, Macy's, Honey has found over $2 billion in savings. 
That's why they have over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It is free to use and installs in just a couple of seconds. Get money for free by joining Honey. Joinhoney.com slash Beck. That's joinhoney.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If I may, let me just give yep. our spotlight sponsor before we uh, move on. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are either buying or selling your home, now is the chance to do it. Um, there's, there's no guarantee on, on selling your home at the right price, but there are things that you can do to help boost those sales. And getting the right real estate agent from realestateagentsitrust.com is the first step in the right direction. Now's the time to sell your house and move to some faraway land where you will not have to deal with all the craziness that you're dealing with every day now. Is that what you're recommending? That's what I'm recommending. Mars. Mars. Yeah, there. Mars. <laughs> Lots That's of cheap real estate there, yeah. by the way. Cheap. Lots of real estate Lots there. of land. Uh, you, you know, yeah, lots of land. Not a lot of stores, you know. Uh, no convenience stores. Uh, you don't, nothing, have, to wear, you don't have to wear a mask though on Mars, but mm-hmm. no mask. And minutes. you know, your real estate agent, uh, I, I gotta tell you, it doesn't really matter what real estate agent you get because nobody has any experience. Um, but here on earth, yes, earthlings get the one with the most experience and, uh, interview them yourself. Don't take my word for it. We have checked these people out, but you have to do your own homework as well. You can get a, a free, um, uh, recommendation from us. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the one that's going to actually help you sell your house or buy your next house anywhere but Mars uh, and get you into the right neighborhood. It's uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Back in a minute. Remember when I was on CNN years ago? <laughs> yes, yeah, CNN. I just like pointing that out because I know it drives you crazy <laughs> that I worked there. Um, but uh, when I was there years ago, I remember looking at the biggest conspiracy theories in the nation, uh, and and one of them at seven percent was America never went to the moon. And I said, look out, that number is going to shoot through the roof. We're now at about 13 or 15 percent of the American people not thinking we actually went to the moon. Look out, because that number is still going to shoot through the roof. But there is one conspiracy theory that is is growing on me, uh, and that is that is the the fact that Jeffrey Epstein uh, died in jail, and I don't th- I don't think it was. Well, let me just put it this way. The the best book on this is called A Convenient Death because that's exactly what it was at best. A very convenient death because there were so many people that wanted, needed him to be dead. 
We have the author, uh, the two authors of A Convenient Death, both really, really good investigative reporters. Uh, in fact, one of them, Elena, she, she's the one who broke the story of Anthony Weiner's relationship with a 15-year-old girl. Uh, so she's been down this road before, uh, and her partner, Daniel Harper, uh, is the best-selling author of Clinton, Inc. So they they kind of been around uh, the block a few times here and uh, are going to fill us in. The book came out just uh, last hour, or I mean uh, last month, and we're going to spend an hour with them. The Mysterious Demise of Jeffrey Epstein, A Convenient Death in 60 Seconds. This is the Glenn Beck yeah. Program. I know you're listening to the program right now, and you're like, boy, he really does deserve to be in the Radio Hall of Fame, doesn't he? Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, the feeling that you're going to have when you get a rec tech is, uh, first of all, when you, when, you, when you first feel the handle, you are going to notice the weight of the lid, and you're going to think, man, this thing is solid and built right. It's sturdy. It's tough as nails. It's not some cheap knockoff that you bought at a garage sale for 10 bucks, or even, quite honestly, the really expensive grills that you'll find at Home Depot or wherever you're going to buy your grill. Um, it's not like those either. I've never felt a, a grill that is this well-made. Then you open it up, and a cloud of fragrant smoke will rise into the air and let everybody in the, no in the neighborhood know there is something really, really good being cooked right on the other side of their fence. It's cooked to perfection, and it's the combination of genius engineering and incredible smart grilling technology that allows you to cook with precision. That's the feeling you're going to get. And really, the, the, one, that only, the only one that matters is when you sit down and you're eating whatever it is you just cook. It's delicious. Pride in ownership. The culinary work of art. It's a Rectech. Go to Rectech Grills uh, right now. That's R-E-C-T-E-C -E Grills with an S dot com. Rectech Grills dot com slash Beck. Oh, yeah. Going into the mean streets now. Elena Goodman, senior investigative reporter at the Washington Free Beacon. She was a reporter at the Washington Examiner and Daily Mail that broke the story of Anthony Weiner. Um, she has been named one of Politico's 16 breakout media stars. She's on Fox News, CNN, C-SPAN. Daniel Halper, best-selling author of Clinton, Inc. He was the Washington bureau chief for the New York Post and online editor of the Weekly Standard. He's appeared on Fox News, Fox Business, MSNBC, CNN, C-SPAN, blah, 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 blah. These guys are a couple of good reporters. Uh, and I know it's hard to find good journalists now, but these are a couple of them. And I wanted to have them on about their, uh, their latest book, A Convenient Death, because I'm having a really hard time accepting... Uh, the fact that this guy got away with it for so long and there wasn't something weird uh, going on. Elena, Daniel, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. You bet. So, uh, Elena, um, let's start with you because were you 
uh, less skeptical than Daniel when you went in to look into his mysterious death? I think we were, I think Daniel was on the same page on this. I think we went in um, kind of skeptical of the skepticism over his death because, I mean, you know, you, you, Glenn, you've been around in the dance for a long time and you hear all of these. Oh, hang on, Elena, Elena. We hang on. We got to get. Can we get Elena on a hard line or get her to move someplace because she's breaking up? Elena, you're just breaking up so horribly. We can't. We can't really understand you, Daniel. Let me go to you because you were skeptical of of this, right? Yeah, but our skepticism grew tremendously over the course of our reporting. I mean, we we were, as Elena was saying, we we were skeptical of the skepticism, and you know we we don't like to sort of bind the conventional wisdom and we like to sort of question things. But as the story grew, uh, you know, you mentioned sort of in the, in the preview, the, the moon conspiracy and how that's how that, you know, that yeah. used to be just a couple percent and now it's up to 13%. What's interesting about sort of comparing the conspiracies is the moon conspiracy, the closer you get when you talk to like astronauts or people at NASA, they don't tend to be- tend to believe it. Uh, whereas in this conspiracy, the closer we got, the more the sources closer to Jeffrey Epstein that we got, they, they all believed it primarily. And I thought that was a very striking contrast to other conspiracies where most people close to Jeffrey Epstein tended to believe that he was murdered, whereas other cons- and of course, the official story is suicide, whereas other conspiracies, the closer you get, uh, the fewer people tend to believe it. So I thought that was a very sharp contrast and, and, and a pretty convincing one in my book. Well, I will tell you that I, I hate conspiracy theories um, and, and what we live through right now with people who are uneducated in stories. They don't really know what they're talking about. They believe anything that, that the headline says, even if the headline disagrees with what the actual story says. Um, and it's it's just there's so much ignorance and self-imposed ignorance. However, on this, the more I look into it. And the the more I see on how he got away with things, uh, I, I just I, I I the conspiracy in my own head grows because I I could see him being an intelligence asset uh, by a really corrupt intelligence agency that was protecting him. Um, you know, kind of a Hoover kind of uh, situation. Is there any? inkling of any of that kind of stuff from anyone yeah for sure C- certainly he wanted people to believe that we talked to a friend a close friend of his who would make references to or who said that jeffrey epstein would make references to oh back in langley this or back in langley that and of course there's been rumors of of him being close to the Mossad and Dwayne maxwell his accomplice uh, as the feds now agree with us his accomplice in all this, uh, Glenn Maxwell, her dad uh, was uh, allegedly close to the Mossad as well as to, to British intelligence. So th- this is a very the conspiracy goes deep, very deep. And these are people who are extremely well connected or were well, extremely well connected. They were close to presidents, princes, the top uh, financiers. They were close to the top people in, acad- in academia. These are people who who use their connections to get, to commit crimes, to do bad things to bad people, to uh, gain money and monetary benefits. And um, ultimately, they used it to get away with it for a very long time. And 
I think one of the biggest shocks is, in fact, that Ghislaine Maxwell herself was arrested in the end, and Jeffrey Epstein was arrested again. Those are more shocking in a way, given the rest mm-hmm. of the story. So, uh, Elena, let me ask you this. Um, did they use this information for their own personal gain? Did they? I mean, because I don't understand how you could do this and not think that somebody had a camera. I mean, somebody somebody had to have a camera. Somebody was, you know, uh, taping you. Um, is there any evidence that they were using this to enrich themselves, either uh, Ghislaine or Jeffrey? Well, definitely there were cameras. We talked to um, friends of Epstein who were at his home in New York who said it was completely wired. And he was actually open about this with people. He would point out the cameras around his house almost as if he was kind of proud of this. Um, And I I think that a part of that was because Epstein liked to pull information out of people that could be uh, potentially, you know, used against them at a later time. Um, and And we get into that also with his friendship with Bill Clinton and things like that and the kind of um, situations that he would put Bill Clinton in and like inappropriate subjects that he would broach with him during their travels. G- give me a, Elena, give me a example of that. So Epstein was obsessed with the Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal because he felt that, you know, what, Monica Lewinsky, I guess, to him, she wasn't Epstein's type, so he didn't understand why Clinton risked his whole presidency on this. Um, So during one of their trips, uh, he asks Bill Clinton, you know, what happened with that? Why would you why would you, you know, put your whole presidency on the line to sleep with this girl? And Clinton told him, well, you know, the government was shut down and she was the only she was the only girl in the White House, basically. Oh, so my gosh. So proud of this information that he had received that he called a friend of his from the plane to say, get this. This is what Bill Clinton just told me about his relationship with Monica. Um, there was also another instance when Bill Clinton was traveling to Asia uh, with Epstein and Epstein tried to rope him into and an orgy with Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. This is a story that was told to us by uh, Alan Dershowitz, who is Epstein's lawyer, who said that Epstein told him this directly. Um, so yeah, there, were, there were a lot of situations like that that we came across. So <clears throat> let's let's focus in just quickly on Dershowitz. Dershowitz has been on my show, and he absolutely denies <clears throat> that he had anything to do with any of this stuff. Um, was he just the lawyer? Well, yeah, I mean, Dershowitz has written a whole book on this, as I'm sure you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I think that, I think that Dershowitz makes a compelling case. I read his book, and I've spoken to him. Um, and I've I've also interviewed other people who've known him for a long time. Um, you know, this is the first time I've seen the allegations like this against him. Uh, you know, I I have not spoken to Virginia Jufra about it, so I I really can't say like whose side I fall down on this. But I, I would say I think that from what I've seen, 
from Dershowitz that his, uh, you know, his, his side is compelling. So, so Daniel, why would people like Bill Clinton and others um, go along with this? I mean, first of all, let me ask you this. Is there any way that you were on his plane and you were involved with him more than once and you didn't know something was wrong? I find it very hard to believe uh, when when people say that and they they tend to say it now even more strongly that, oh, I had no idea the whole time. And the thing about the Jeffrey Epstein allegations is that we've known about them for years, decades. It's not these aren't new and they're very public. So I find it striking when people say, oh, I just had no idea. And I I really just like the guy. And I think initially um, what most people found attractive about Jeffrey Epstein, and he was a charismatic guy. He, he, I think he was personable and people liked him. They thought he was smart and compelling. But I think, I just don't, don't think Jeffrey Epstein becomes Jeffrey Epstein without the money. And I think the allure of the money mm-hmm. really uh, attracted a, a strange cast of characters that for some reason thought the closer they were with him, the more likely they were to get some of it or that he would somehow fund their projects in terms of academic uh, academia. And obviously some of these people uh, partook in, in some of the acts themselves. And that there have been strong allegations against a number of Jeffrey Epstein's associates that they were, that they were uh, trafficking or partaking in the trafficking of, of these girls. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think you should discount the personality of Jeffrey Epstein. I also don't think you should count the money, but obviously also there, there's the sex, which was a strong allure for, for any number of people. All right. Um, back in just a second. Um, more on this in one minute. First, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Sometimes a company comes along that not only provides quality service, but also stands for values that you can get behind. And Patriot Mobile is one of those companies. They are not only a great mobile service provider, but they also believe in the same conservative causes that you do. I don't know when it became conservative to believe in the Bill of Rights, to believe in the Constitution, to believe that our founders, you know, founded some good things. Yeah, flawed. But they put together a a country that changed the world. I don't know when just conservatives started to believe that, but Patriot Mobile still does. And they're not giving your money, like many of these cell service companies, they're not giving their money to um, Planned Parenthood or anti-Second Amendment. They are... (laughs) Let's put it this way. I don't think Patriot Mobile is going to be putting anybody through whiteness uh, schools uh, or apologizing uh, for their their whiteness at any time uh, soon. My uh, my suggestion is you stop giving your money to these big mobile phone providers uh, because everybody's on the same cell towers and you get service that is actually they're taking their money. Uh, their profit, and they are investing it in things that will help our country. Start doing business with people who think like you, get the same great service. In fact, they've just been named uh, the number one uh, wireless providers in U.S. customer-based service. They're great. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch right now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Ten seconds, station ID.
Okay, so so Daniel, I just asked you, and, and I think this is reasonable. He was charismatic. He had a lot of money. Um, he had powerful friends. And so you could think that he was going to get away with it. But I, I don't understand why these very famous, influential people, um, uh, if if they knew why they would hang out with him or participate at all, just the chances of being blackmailed uh, would be off the charts. Well, certainly some felt that way uh, and some didn't. But but I, I think the shocking the, uh, the shocking realization is that so many people didn't feel that way. And very prominent people, academics, financiers, media. Um, and I think that's that's a surprising thing. Yeah, I, I think that's I had a uh, well. The character of the people that were riding on the plane. Yeah, exactly. To do, yeah, to do, so, the, to, to continue to associate with him, especially after, um, you know, the, his first arrest in 2007. Florida. Yeah. 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 So, Elena, I, I had a, uh, I had a, a very important uh, person in the art world in New York City tell me that, um, you know, when you look into some of the, the, into the art world in New York, it is human trafficking it's i mean it made some incredible claims and as i was looking into this and i saw how he was so influential um and the the people at the uh what's the big art school um that he would uh support the the person that was in charge of that that was saying no 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 you could get more money over here but you are going to sell your work to this person and he's going to help do you think they had any idea what was going on, or did they just see this as money? Well, um, you know, I, I don't know in that specific instance, but I will say, I, mean, I will say that's horrifying because, especially as a young art student, you know, you're trying. It's it's extremely hard to make it in that industry professionally, and you have somebody who ha- has this power over your career. Um, putting that immense pressure on you. So um, yeah, it's a it's an it's an awful situation, and and that was kind of what Epstein was able to do. He was able to see these people, individuals who had le- levers of power, and he was able to use that. He was uh, extremely manipulative and uh, good at conning people. So Daniel, you said earlier that now the federal government believes that. Uh, uh, Maxwell was was his partner in crime uh, that was not believed for a while. And how much danger is she in now in prison? Well, I, the only reason I say it wasn't believed until now is because she's been running free. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people imagine that she had she feared that the American government was coming after her. She would have left America. She has two other passports in addition to, to an American passport. She had, you know, the feds estimate $20 million. She has the means and the access to go elsewhere, and she didn't. So I think that's so, the strongest you know, sign we have that she didn't fear the government. So then let's go. Let's let's pick it up there. Let me break for a commercial break, and then let's pick it up there. Because the government really hasn't been doing it, seemingly hadn't been doing a lot uh and i want to talk about his death and the danger she's in when we come back 
car shield back in the old days you know when something went out on your car you jacked it up you crawled underneath the the hood and you you fixed it yourself ah those days don't come back men were men women were women and communists were unpopular (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, the world's changed. Now you can't go in and pop up the hood and, and even look at your engine many times. Uh, car Shield is going to help you with all of this. They understand how your car works, uh, and, uh, and they know that you can't really work on it. Car Shield will help take care of those expensive repairs that you don't have to. Um, you know, if one of those chips goes wrong in your car, it could be $5,000. That's insanity. And with your luck, if it's anything like my luck, eh, that chip is going to go. So get Car Shield right now. The prices, the rates start as low as $99 a month. The payments are flexible, uh, customizable. They've helped over a million drivers right now. They are the coverage in America. Get coverage at carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Carshield.com, promo code BECK. Tonight at 9 p.m. on YouTube only, uh, the special 100th episode, Stu Does America Celebration, Stu Does Power Hour. We have the uh, co-authors of A Convenient Death, uh, the senior investigative reporter, Washington Free Beacon, Alana Goodman. I'm sorry, I've been I've been saying Elena, but it's Alana Goodman. You know who pronounces it Alana? Um, the entire interview is the NPR host. That's probably going to go into the Radio Hall of Fame, unlike you. Also, Daniel Helper <laughs> is uh, with us, and uh, he's former Washington bureau chief for the New York Post. Um, okay, so so uh, we have uh, Epstein in prison now, uh, and he's finally been nailed. Uh, is there anything that shows why this happened this time? Why the government seemed to take it seriously and he couldn't get away with it anymore? Well, I think the biggest thing was Donald Trump got elected. And I know it seems totally disconnected, but uh, as you'll recall, he, his labor secretary was Alex Acosta. And Alex Acosta was the prosecutor in Florida who Uh, came under criticism for going soft on Jeffrey Epstein the first time. So in a weird way, I think at least that the connection between Donald Trump getting, I mean, in a weird way, I think like if Hillary Clinton gets elected, sort of the Jeffrey Epstein story goes away. And in a weird way, it was the media trying to go after Donald Trump that, you know, then Mm -hmm. went after Alex Acosta and therefore reignited this firestorm around Epstein. So it was a weird confluence of events that in my mind uh, leads to Jeffrey Epstein being locked up. Okay, so now he's locked up, and you guys really went in and you talked to everybody. Did you? Do you have an opinion? I know you're both journalists, so you probably won't give it, but do you have an opinion on whether or not this was a suicide or assisted suicide? Um, well, we think based on who we oh. talked to and the investigation, it's really hard to dismiss foul play. And we think that there are legitimate questions about the story that we've been told by the government on this one. So, I mean, we, we tell me, prison, give me who actually worked in the prison who said this doesn't, you know, doesn't make sense. Um, it, it would be extremely difficult for him to kill himself in that way without any sort of outside help. 
So give me the give me the outline of the case that he couldn't have done it himself. Let, let's start with the cameras. Cameras went out. Anything suspicious there? And the other cameras that were around there show that there was nobody coming in. Yes. Um, so the, the fact that the cameras weren't working. So t- talking to people who had worked in that facility at MCC, which was the facility where he died, um, they said that for such a high-profile prisoner, you would have those cameras noticed immediately that they were not working and they would be fixed within five minutes because this was, I mean, you, you know, this was not just some run-of-the-mill prisoner. It was Jeffrey Epstein. He was mm-hmm. uh, certainly the most high-profile person who was at that uh, institution at the time. And he had allegedly already att- attempted suicide before that, um, you know, just a month before. So, they, so uh, yeah, they, they said that it's, it's really hard to believe that the cameras wouldn't, wouldn't have been noticed within minutes and fixed. And the fact that this is multiple cameras we're talking about here uh, is definitely a big red, red flag. So the, the cellmate that he had was transferred out and never replaced. How odd was that? Replaced. And, and that also was very strange because typically what they do um, at MCC is when they, when they transfer one person out of a cell, they, they move the other person in at the same time. It's just easier that way. You know, you, you, you say, all right, you, you're out, you're in. Um, you, you know, you're doing it all at the same time. Um, Jeffrey Epstein was also um, under he was, by his medical uh, doctors. They had advised that he should have always had a cellmate because of the first alleged suicide attempt, which I, I just want to add also Jeffrey Epstein denied that he had tried to commit suicide that first time. And he told his lawyers a different story. Um, But yeah, he was supposed to be at all times in a cell with a cellmate. And that cellmate was transferred out uh, the day prior, the day prior to his death and was not replaced. Okay. So wait a minute, Daniel, tell me about the doctors. He said uh, the doctors said that he was suicidal, tried to kill himself. But he said to his lawyers that that wasn't true. Which one do you believe in? And why is there this disparity? Well, I guess, you know, we should concede that we'll never know. But I think Jeffrey Epstein, um, there's no reason to believe that he was lying to his lawyers. Uh, also, I mean, he, he led his lawyers to believe that it was some sort of joke gone awry. Yeah. Maybe he was lying. You know, if you want to believe it, maybe you want to, maybe he was lying so that he could commit suicide later uh, if, if you want to. But I, I don't think the doctors were necessarily lying. I think they, they just, they, they just weren't on the same page. I mean, people can have a disagreement about uh, various facts and, and these kinds of scenarios. And I think, you know, I, I think another aspect of this, of course, is the physical evidence. And we talked to uh, Dr. Michael Bodden, the independent pathologist who, who oversaw uh, the, the uh, autopsy. And he said that the physical evidence suggests is that it was a homicide, that it's more consistent with a homicide than a suicide, the way that the neck is broken and the various physical evidence is, is compelling, according to him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's also Dr. Michael Bodden, so he's a very well-respected forensic pathologist. He was hired by Epstein's brother um, after his death to oversee the autopsy, kind of be an independent monitor for the government uh, government's autopsy. And Dr. Bodden has been on a panel since the 1970s that looks at every single death in the New York state prison system. This was a panel that was started by uh, Governor Rockefeller. And so he has looked at, you know, uh, just every every suicide that has taken place in the prison system. And he said not once prior did he have a case where you saw the same bone breakage uh, as, as he did with Epstein. He said there was three, there were three separate bones that were broken in his neck, and he said you just can't recall any suicide um, where, where that happened. So I, I think that is pretty compelling. He, he found that this was much more consistent with a homicide. So who could have pulled this off? I mean, you know, if you if you're into conspiracy theories uh, on the right, you've you've met somebody who has said, oh, the Clintons, they kill everybody. They've killed like five hundred and seventy people so far. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't believe that Hillary, you know, Hillary was donning a mask at night. And I'm not sure. sure that they have that kind of control. Who would have the access and the ability to pull this off besides an intelligence community? Well, when we talked to uh, Epstein's lawyer, uh, David Schoen, who is a longtime defense attorney, worked with, you know, worked for years on cases like this and had his clients die in prison. Um, you know, he he said that he thinks somebody killed Epstein. He doesn't think that it was the Clintons. He said, I don't think the Clintons did it. I just think it was a regular. Somebody killed him. So his his idea is that this may have been another inmate. Um, you know, Dr. Michael Bodding kind of walked us through that scenario as well in the book. Um, in addition to people who had worked at MCC, who we spoke to, who said the way it could have happened is if one of the other cells in Epstein's, um, you know, his area was left open um, or just right. left unlocked, and Epstein's cell was left unlocked. And the guards just turned a blind eye to this. Um, I, I think it's interesting to note, too, that after Epstein was found dead, the, you know, more around 6.30 a.m. Uh, on that morning, the other prisoners were all pulled out of their cells and transferred to a different location in the prison. Um, so we don't know. Were these people ever interviewed? Like, were they, you know, what, what did they witness? Um, I, I just think it's interesting that wow. they were immediately transferred. Well, I mean, if I were going to, if I had the power, um, the way I would do it is I would go to a prisoner there and say, hey, listen, you know, it'd be a shame if this ever happened and you found your uh, cell unlocked and his cell was unlocked and who knows what could happen. Maybe I could help you out down the road. I mean, you know that that's are are you suggesting that this was just somebody in the block that was like i want to kill somebody oh his door is unlocked or do you believe that there was some sort of a uh a, a prompting from somebody um i, I mean I think could have been either. 
go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Either. No, no, you go, you go. Oh, okay. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if you've seen The Godfather, but yeah, I think you can, you can always kind of get to somebody in prison if you want right. to get to them. So, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, okay. I, I think it could have been either one in that case. So, so Ghislaine is a sex offender, so he's he's really got a target on his back. Um, right, you know, in addition right. to being a high-profile prisoner. Okay, so Ghislaine is supposed to appear in court today. Um, do you believe Barr when he says she is going to be the most guarded person in prison history? That nothing's going to happen to her, uh, and will she speak out to save herself? Well, you have to be a little skeptical of Bill Barr, uh, considering that after Jeffrey Epstein had died, he announced a big investigation that we'd get to the bottom of this. And ever since then, it's been total silence. Um, He, of course, it's not as though Jeffrey Epstein wasn't a high profile uh, inmate, because, of course, he was. And, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, he was supposed to be taking precautions then. So I think you do have to be skeptical as far as Maxwell. From her point of view, look, she's facing 35 years in prison. She's nearly 60 years old. It would be effectively a life sentence. And assuming she gets to trial and assuming or or assuming she's alive, you would think that she would be willing to play ball with prosecutors and try to work some sort of deal so that she wouldn't be facing life in prison. Now, I don't know how much she's willing to give, but I'd imagine, uh, you know, prison is not something that she's going to like. It's not it's not in her DNA. Not that it's in anybody else's, but she, she, I think she's, I think she, it's very possible that she talks if given the chance. Is this a story that either of you have confidence we are going to know in our lifetime what happened? You mean what happened with Epstein's death or what happened? Yeah. And what, yeah, with the entire operation, whether he was, you know, uh, uh, working for the government in some capacity, or if he was, you know, killed in prison, are we going to know uh, what happened? You know, I, I hope I'm hopeful, but I, I'm a, I'm I'm mixed. So I don't know if you saw, but on on Twitter a couple of days ago, the, the former CEO of uh, Reddit said something like, "Well, we saw Ghislaine Maxwell at these parties." you know, 15 years ago, and we all knew that she was procuring young women. And um, she, of course, came under attack. And people are saying, well, if you knew about it, why didn't you do anything? And, and, uh, you know, which is, of course, a reasonable thing to ask somebody who says that. But her reaction, of course, was to go silent and to uh, hide her Twitter account and, and things like that. So I think there's no incentive if you're involved or you had any knowledge to speak out about this. It just it just right. damning toward you. So th- I think I, mm-hmm. I think that's a strike against us ever finding the truth is that people don't have incentives. So if you call up the rich and famous who were close to him, you know, like how come Bill Clinton has never given an interview about Jeffrey Epstein? They, they just sort of release a right. statement that washes their hands and then they step back. They're not right. pressed to give right. answers about what they knew, when they knew and, and what they did about it. Um, Alana, um, Alana Goodman uh, and Daniel Halper, uh, they are co-authors of the book uh, Convenient Death. This is a fascinating story, and we're just at the beginning of it. Thank you guys so much for being on and sharing your information. I appreciate it. Again, uh, Convenient Death, the mysterious demise of Jeffrey Epstein, available wherever you buy your books. 
All right, I want to tell you about our sponsor made this half hour possible. It is Shave Secret. Uh, Shave Secret is something that is not going to cost you a lot of money, and you're not going to have to uh, go out to the store and keep buying and buying and buying and buying. Uh, Shave Secret is a just a little teeny uh, bottle of uh, essential oils, a proprietary blend of essential oils, and you rub it into your beard, uh, on your face, or ladies on your legs, uh, and you take your razor and you shave. There's no gels, there's no creams, nothing, and it will glide across your face. We keep thinking, you know, and the third blade is not as good as the fourth and fifth blade. You don't need all of that. Those are all gimmicks. What you need is the essential oil on your face that really just it, it gives you the closest, cleanest shave. And you are not going to have razor burn. You're not going to have the red bumps. You're not going to have ingrown uh, hairs. I mean, it's really, really good. You want a different experience on shaving, one that doesn't hurt, one that doesn't cause all kinds of irritations? Shave Secret. Now, you can find it regionally at HEB, Wegmans, and on Amazon, or you can go to shavesecret.com and use the promo code BECK. Let them know I sent you. It's shavesecret.com, or again, HEB, Wegmans, and at Amazon. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program uh, tonight on Blaze TV, uh, my Friday episode that's an exclusive, the Friday exclusive just for you and the subscriber at Blaze.com and BlazeTV.com. Uh, I take the whiteness test that uh, the Seattle workers have to take, and I don't know the questions, but we're going to find out just how white I am. And, and ha- what I have to apologize for. And the inherent uh, racial superiority you have uh, internally. That's oh, going to be interesting to find out how course. deep that is, which is very deep. Right. Um, and then tonight, and then, 100th episode of Stu Does America. The 100th episode of Stu. Yeah. yeah. Stu Does America at 8, uh, a normal episode, and then afterwards, a little little party with, uh, uh, it's called Stu Does Power Hour. We did that on radio long ago, <laughs> and people loved it. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, Chad Prather, Bill Richmond from Louder with Crowder, Jason Buttrell. Going to be a really fun time. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I know that the popular thing to do today is to erase history, to discredit history. But history tells us where we're headed. History, if we don't know it, we will repeat it. And because we don't know it, we are repeating it, this time with the same exact people that caused misery and death in the 1970s. Why should you know about the date, January 24th, 1975? And what happened in 1975? How could that possibly affect you? Oh, wait until you hear an, an amazing, amazing story. We tell it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. I I don't know how you're surviving. I really don't. Um, Especially if you own a small business, it is really, really hard. Or if you've lost your job, 32% of Americans who are homeowners failed to meet their mortgage payment this month. A third of us. I don't know how this turns around. 
Uh, we've got to get back to work. Um, but if you have a mortgage and you are looking to save money, please make a 10-minute phone call to American Financing. We just refinanced our house, and uh, we have it now uh, down to what, 3.5%, and that saved hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars every single month. I highly recommend that you do everything you can to get your financial house in order because troubled times are not only here, they're coming. Uh, and if you have high-interest credit cards, consolidate them. Get them off your plate. Don't reset your loan. Just get these things off of your plate right now. AmericanFinancing.net. They can help you out. In 10 minutes on a phone call, they can tell you how much they can save you. No high pressure, no strings attached. They'll tell you they can help you or not. Call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. There is a fascinating story that I read on townhall.com earlier this week. Um, the author was Joe Connor. Uh, and the headline was BLM's intentions sound all too familiar. That is so true. Uh, we called Joe, wanted to get him on to tell the story. He's with us now. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Joseph F. Connor and we win America.com. Joe, welcome to the, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Tell me what happened on January 24th, 1975. I, my mom was going to uh, have our party. I was turning nine. My brother, actually, I turned nine on January 20th. My brother had turned 11 on the 13th. Uh, we were going to be having a birthday party for us that, that evening. It was a Friday. My father was at work. He worked for the Morgan Bank. He had lunch at Francis Tavern, which is where George Washington bade farewell to his officers after the Revolutionary War, where Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton and the Sons of Liberty met, and where a bunch of, um, you know, New York Wall Street guys met and, and had lunch. Uh, a uh, bomber walked a package in, set it behind the table where my father and his clients had just moved. They didn't like their original table, and they moved tables to be in a bit of a better spot. Um, within a few minutes, the package was pushed to the side and detonated. Um, it injured 60 people and killed four, including my dad. Um, he was 33 years old, Frank Connor. He was, a, uh, he was an American success story. Mother was an Irish immigrant um, who worked in the bank and got him the job after high school. And his father was an elevator operator from England. And um, they, uh, they, uh, the FALN, the Support Rican Terrorist Group, left a message saying that this was uh, to hit reactionary corporate executives, which is a very Marxist phrase. And uh, they appointed themselves as judge, jury, and executioner, really profiling the type of person they wanted to murder in a place where liberty was born in this country. Um, so, so, Joe, that's what they, that day. they I was did not, not target. Okay, hang on just a second. They did not target your dad specifically. They were just after big, fat capitalists, right? 
That's that was their yeah. That's what they wrote. You know, reactionary yeah. corporate executives. So you know, the term okay. reactionary raises flags immediately because you know that that means they that's a Marxist type term. And um, and you know, my dad was anything but. He was thirty three years old. He was a working class guy from Manhattan, not far from where some of these guys uh, lived. Uh, he went to CCNY after after CCNY, which is uh, City College of New York, after high school. And uh, years later, the CCNY erected a a student center called the Morales Shakur Center. William Morales was the bomber who built the bomb that murdered my father and who's now in Cuba. And Asanta Shakur is, is uh, Joanne Chesimard, who murdered Werner Forster on the Jersey Turnpike. So we got them to shut that place down. But but this is the kind of stuff that has gone on since his murder, uh, let alone the clemencies from the Clintons and Obama. So... I want to talk to you about that. So uh, what happened after the bomb went off and um, the police started to investigate? Who was responsible for it and what happened to those people? Well, the FALN claimed responsibility in a communique that was left right around the block. I actually have a picture of Oscar Lopez, who was given clemency twice and finally left prison when Obama released him in uh, 2017. Uh, and I have a picture of okay, him. Don't get, don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. Hang on, Joe. Fair don't enough. get ahead of yourself. Um, okay. Most we'll people don't even know what FALN is. Yeah. Tell, okay. me what, yep. tell me what the FLAN is. Yep. Okay. The FALN was the Armed Forces for National Liberation, the acronym in Spanish for this Puerto Rican Marxist group who was claiming that they wanted independence for Puerto Rican people uh, and independence for the United States. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the in, in, in plebiscites in the, on the island, only five or six percent ever vote for independence. So they had no they had no standing. They were a Cuban-based, Cuban-financed, trained terrorist group. Mm. Uh, they were arrested in Chicago in the early '80s. Uh, they were sentenced to appropriately long prison terms of between 55 and 70 years. At sentencing, they threatened to kill the judge. Um, Judge McMillan actually carried two six shooters under his robe uh, because these guys were diabolical. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And th- and he had, they no, said, I love that. <laughs> it's great. Um, one of them said, "If we were, you know, we're George Washington." To and uh, to to that he replied, "Well, yes, of course. And if the British had caught George Washington, they'd have hanged him." And uh, that's what the judge mm-hmm. wanted to do. But um, you know, they were never specifically charged with the Francis bombing, but they were put away for you know, 70 years in Chicago. And if you remember the world in the early 80s, there was not a lot of money in, to bring them back to New York to face similar charges. There was no death penalty mm-hmm. for, for them anyway. So they were basically sent away for life until 1999 when Hillary Clinton was running for uh, senator from New York. Uh, B- uh, Bill Clinton and Eric Holder put together a plan and offer them clemency, which they outright refused. Uh, and for 30 days, were given the opportunity to talk to each other until on, on September 10th, 1999, uh, they accepted the clemency, all except one, and walked out of prison. Oscar Lopez was the one okay. who denied it. Yep. Go ahead. No, okay, so, uh, so oh, didn't, sorry, Bill, didn't Bill Clinton let one of them out on his last day in office? Uh, not the F. Well, Obama let uh, Lopez out on his last day in office. Clinton let the guy uh, who rejected Clint yes, uh, the the yes, early clemency. Yeah. Yes, 
But, but right. who um, Clinton did release Susan Rosenberg on his last day in office, and she is now, now a financier. Yeah, sorry. Um, she's how, now that's a all right. How, how is she? Matter. So, what was her role earlier? Sure. She was. Why did member, she go to jail? She was. She was. She was a member of, of a group called the Family. It gets a little complicated, but there were. It, it, you, you throw yourself back forty years, and there were tons of these little groups, and they were all connected. Uh, you had the Weather Underground, you had the Family, you had the May 19th Communist Organization, you had the FALN, you had the BLA, you had the, um, all these different groups. Well, they, the Family pulled an armored car robbery in Nanuet, New York, um, and they killed two cops and security guards, th- actually three. Um, Susan Rosenberg drove the getaway car. Um, for these terrorists who, who killed these cops. She was subsequently caught in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, with explosives. She was sent to prison, and uh, um, she was released in Bill Clinton's last days in office. Um, but before she went to prison, well, before the, before the armored car robberies, she broke out William Morales and Joanne Chesimard as part of the family that was the name of her terrorist group. She busted them out of prison. Um, Morales was at the was at Bellevue Hospital Prison in New York. He was the bomb maker for the FALN. He was in the prison in the hospital because he had blown himself up on on July twelfth, uh, nineteen seventy eight. Would have been my dad's thirty seventh birthday, and uh, he lost nine of his fingers, part of his face. Uh, yet he escaped from prison with the help of of the family. And then Joanne Chesimard, who murdered Warner Forster, was also broken out of prison by Suzanne Rosenberg and the group, the family. Um, they both are now in okay, Cuba. So yep. She was, she was not only a member of the family, but she was also a member of the May 19 communist organization. That's right. And the May 19th uh, communist uh, organization was a radical anti-family lesbian yep. terrorist group, right? Yeah, and they got their name from, it was Ho Chi Minh's birthday is May 19th, so uh, that's how they Correct. picked up their name. Uh, yeah, so they, they, were, they were absolutely, some of the, many of the same things that Black Lives Matter is talking about, which is destruction of the family, um, which is the, the Marxism, um, the taking down of the of the U.S. They're mm-hmm. the same themes that these terrorist groups back then offered. And you know, my, my point in this in the article was that the, these connections had never gone away. I mean, when when I went to that CCNY um, student center that I talked about, and there's a picture in my on my website. There's that same fist uh, painted on the walls mm-hmm. with with a with a red background. It's the same logo that the Black Lives Matter people use. Um, so. You know, the, the point is, Black Lives Matter is true. It, 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 as a phrase, of course Black Lives Matter. But as an organization, it's not what it pretends to be. Like, like back then, if you looked at the FALN, it was the Armed Forces or the, the May 19th Communists. They identified themselves, who they were. Today, they're a bit more sublime, a little bit smarter, a little bit better marketing. So they come up with a, with a slogan that you can't deny. Um, without really revealing who they are or what their intentions are. But it's the same thing. So I would say black lives count. 
It, you know, it really just bothered me when I saw today Bill, Bill de Blasio is painting Black Lives Matter, which is an organization that, that raises money for the Democrat Party and to take down America. And he's using public, public street, public time. He's the mayor, and he's, he's, he's advocating for a, an individual organization that raises money. Certainly, that's a problem. And, you know, you talk about impeachable offenses. I mean, my God. So, you know, we, we really have to wake up and understand who we're dealing with. These euphemisms are, uh, you know, they've kind of taken over. People don't see past it. All right. So, Joe, when we come back, I, I want to ask you <clears throat> what the motivation was to let these people out of prison and to pardon them. They were clearly guilty. Um, as you said, one of them wouldn't accept it uh, because I'm not taking anything from this corrupt country. At least that guy had integrity for a little while. Um, but other than sowing the Marxist seeds, what was the possible motivation for taking these people and letting them out of prison? And we'll get to that here in just a minute. Stand by. All right. Um, gosh, I don't have. We've had so many technical problems today. I don't have my twenty. Uh, who is uh, who's our sponsor this this half hour? Oh, it's uh, Mercury Real Estate. Easy. Mercury Real Estate is actually my company. So um, uh, I started it about five years ago with my uh, with my brother. He's not actually my brother, but um, we're like brothers. He is uh, a guy that we grew up together and. Uh, we've always looked out for the underdog. We've kind of gone and, uh, uh, you know, I come from an alcoholic family and Robert's alcoholic family, and we used to have to go get his dad at the bar. And it was, we've been looking for people with integrity for a very long time. So when we both had problems selling houses and we didn't know, you know, how do you trust a real estate agent? I mean, who do you trust? How, who's, what makes a good one? What makes a bad one? We decided that um, after working with about 500 of the best real estate agents in America, according to the Wall Street Journal, we talked to them and we found out there is actually a way to judge them. So we started doing our own homework and uh, we put a company together that just recommends the best real estate agent in your area to you. It's a free service to you. And I, I urge you, don't take my word for it. Do your own homework, but interview these people and find out what makes them different and why we can say they're going to sell your house fast on time and for the most amount of money. They're going to help you get into the next house at the right price and in the right neighborhood. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you're coming from California and you're looking to sell your house and you're looking for a new place to um, to go, uh, go someplace other than Texas. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I mean, unless you know why you're moving, because the Democrats and all the way the people around you voted, uh, that's what wrecked uh, California. Then come on to Texas. We'd love to have you. But we'll find the right person no matter where you are. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, so Joe Connor is joining us. Uh, his father was killed um, uh, in a terrorist explosion in the 1970s. And I started this with 
why why does something that happened in 1975 matter to you today how is it affecting you today we're going to fully explain that here in just a second but i i want to know what your thought is uh joe on why clinton uh let this radical uh, terrorist who had broken people out of prison, who was involved in a radical Marxist, I guess, feminist lesbian group um, that, you know, was involved in bombings and everything else. Why Clinton would let her out and why uh, Obama and Clinton would try to let all of the other people out of prison? Well, I, I think the FALN releases are are, are much more political and, uh, and explainable. The Susan Rosenberg clemency at the end of, of his term, it, it really comes down to, and I've thought about this a lot, sometimes we do apply politics to things that don't, where politics maybe not count. I think on some level he just agreed with them. And, uh, and he had nothing to lose, and he let, um, he let her out. Now, when it came to the FALN, Hillary Clinton was, in 1999, as you recall, was going to be running for senator from New York, and she was going to be opposing Mayor Giuliani. And uh, she was trying to get herself some connection to the New York community. And what, what they came up with was releasing, and, uh, releasing these FALN terrorists, claiming that they were nonviolent. They were the nonviolent terrorists. Uh, you know, that, that, that's really mm-hmm. important, yeah. you know, right? So these guys were swell. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so they came up with this whole thing to release them and uh, it was rough um was it charlie ruff his first name in the um in the clinton administration and eric holder were charged with well ruff came up with the idea holder was charged with it um holder went to the to the pardon attorney at the time uh, margaret love who wouldn't recommend it um and so he fired her he brought in another pardon attorney who wouldn't recommend it either but gave a sort of a, a memo that said you could do this, that, or other thing. They called it an options memo. Clinton took that. You know, he has he complete power of, the, of clemency. That's one thing. That's an absolute power of the president. Um, so Clinton, in, in August 1999, offered clemency to these terrorists when Hillary was running, and it was a, it was a payback. It was, it was to get um, the New York Hispanic community to back Hillary. And he did this later again, just as a, an aside, with these uh, swindlers, the Hasid swindlers up in in uh, New in uh, New Square, New York. Um, same kind of thing, where it was a block vote in exchange for clemencies, and James Comey exonerated the Clintons mm. on it. But that's another story. But in any event, um, so it was purely but it, political. But it, it can it continues it today as as Governor Cuomo and De Blasio bestowed the what is it uh uh puerto rican day parade freedom hero award to this guy who yeah right lopez lopez refused the clemency in 99 he stayed in prison Uh, i went to his parole hearing in Terre Haute, indiana in, in 2010 2011 we kept him in um, he was a bad guy, and we faced him, and, you know, got that, <laughs> there was no doubt about it. So he ends up staying in until Obama releases him, and then they try to give him a, mm. a hero award. He was a terrorist. He was a murderer. Unbelievable. Okay, hang on. Joe is going to explain why all of this matters to you. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
So Maggie lives on a horse ranch out in the Ozarks, um, and her great joy in life has always been horseback riding. But she's had to cut back more and more. Eventually, she stopped riding altogether because of her back pain. Uh, here she is, living in a place surrounded by happiness and, and, and her life dream. And she couldn't partake of it anymore. Nothing she tried could make the pain go away for enough to, for her to go out and ride horses, which is all she wanted to do. Well, fortunately, she heard some handsome, handsome gentlemen on the radio talk about relief factor. Within a few weeks, the pain she'd been suffering from began to subside. Within a month, she was back in the saddle doing what she loves best. She got her life back. I got my life back. You'll get yours back as well. It's relieffactor.com. Developed by doctors, uh, but not a drug. 70% of the people who try it go on to buy more. Get your life back. Relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. 800-500-8384. Today on The Blaze, Glenn takes the whiteness test and I drink with my friends. Uh, Check it out. (laughs) Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Can't hear. Welcome back. Triple eight seven twenty seven. This is the phone number. The Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. It is Friday. Joe Connor is uh, with us. He's the author of Shattered Lives. Um, and uh, I read an article from him. Uh, BLM's intentions sound all too familiar uh, on townhall.com. And he's he's a fascinating guy. Uh, he has testified before the Senate Subcommittee on Foreign Relations regarding President Clinton's clemency in 99 to grant 16 terrorists whose FALN uh, murdered his father, Frank Con- uh, Connor. Um, he was uh, testifying in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee in 2009 during Eric Holder's confirmation hearing and introduced the Pardon Attorney Reform and Integrity Act to Congress in 2000. Um, he has, uh, he has seen it all. Uh, I, I can't imagine what his life would have been like, um, but probably not involved in terrorism if, uh, his father hadn't been murdered by these people that the Democrats, Clinton and Obama seem to love and, uh, pardon. And Joe, we were just talking on the air. Uh, it, it's, it's it's unbelievable it, it, if the Republicans would ever let a grand dragon or wizard or whatever they're called from the Klan, if they ever pardoned one, it would be front page news and it would be everyone, including me, would say how despicable it is that they were just either they believed it or they were pandering yep. to a bunch of white supremacists. Yet the Democrats do this with Marxist terrorists, the underground, the weather underground, FALN, uh, now May 19th. They let these people out all the time and no one says anything about it. You know, Glenn, you're right. And in back in 99, when they did these releases, there were that's why it's been that's why I testified in front of the Senate uh, back then, because it, the people were horrified and. Uh, the vote was overwhelming to uh, censure, or not censure, but but condemn Clinton for it. And even the Democrats joined in, with the exception of people like Nadler, um, who were defending it. But they didn't get to the point, as they did with Trump, 
I mean, you talk about an impeachable offense. I mean, this is what makes my head explode when, and I shouldn't use that expression, right? But, but um, it, 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 it's a, um, it, it makes you crazy when you see what, what Trump was, was put against. And there was no talk in 99 about, um, about Clinton getting impeached. But clearly what he did was an abuse of power. I mean, Alexander Hamilton wrote in Federalist 74 um, that no president would use the uh, power of, the, of clemency or the pardon mm-hmm. um, lest he be thought, in, in a bad way, lest he be thought conniving. And as my brother pointed out back then, he's like, well, he, Hamilton never envisioned Clinton, and clearly he never envisioned Obama and Biden. You know, because this connects, like we were talking about how this connects, and the connection is the people. You know, you have the Susan Rosenberg, yes, and you have you have uh, Oscar Lopez, who were, who was given clemency by the Clintons and by by um, Obama. But you have these, you have you have this whole um, amalgam of people who believe in this stuff, and you know, you have Joe Biden now, who you know has a has a chance incredibly to be president. Um, what's he going to do? You know, it, we, we have terrorists, we have 70 fugitive terrorists in Cuba, including William Morales and Joanne Chesimard and Victor Garena. Um, and I've been working my life to get them back. I promised my mom, who's 82, that I would do the best I can to get them returned. And that's what, you know, the book Shattered Lives is about. We have a movie coming out about it. It's a documentary. And, uh, you know, so what we have to do, I think, as a, as a people is... is really stand up now. I mean, you wrote a book a while ago, and I think 2011, about being George Washington, and I, I think that's what we tried to be. And in 2012, actually, Mike Duncan, who went to Villanova with me, and I wrote a book called The New Founders, and we brought Washington back to life in America today, and we went through, we ran him for president, and we made it kind of fun, but we, we used the Constitution to demonstrate the way the founders would, would live today, rather than lecture on it. And it, it it was a it went pretty it was a good book it was good and but the idea was that we all now have to be able to stand up if we don't stand up now as individuals for what's going on there's there'll, there'll be no tomorrow so you know oh, this, and, and I don't mean these people are these people are so, so dangerous I I I, I want to bring you back here to to Susan Rosenberg yeah Susan Rosenberg um uh is a violent terrorist breaking people out of prison she is a an avowed marxist she is a uh anti-family i mean this is what her group may 19th was about it was a it's the world's first all women lesbian terrorist organization sounds charming Uh, she yeah it does um and now she has been cleansed by the left she has offices in Berkeley after after she was pardoned, um, and now she is on the steering committee of Black Lives Matter Global, and and nobody seems no to care. Nobody, nobody seems cares. to care. You're right. No one cares. As a matter of fact, in in some ways, I think <clears throat> I think it helps her. I, I think the the loon left is that's great. Uh, you know, I, I don't instead of. Instead of it being a negative tour, in some ways, I think it's a positive. But, but the, the point is, we need to understand who these people are. We can't just sit back anymore and not, not understand it. And the fact is, look, I went to Guantanamo Bay in 2016. I'm also a 9-11 family member. My cousin, Steve Schlag, was murdered at the World Trade Center. He was my dad's uh, godson. And I was there in the Trade Center that morning. I, I was in my office when the planes hit. Jeez. But I commuted through there, saw the planes hit. 
and I was in the courtroom with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and the others, uh, the other uh, four high-value detainees, and I, I talked to the prosecution about it, because at the time, remember, Obama and Biden were closing Gitmo. I mean, that was their plan. And, and I talked to the prosecutor, prosecutors, who are just tremendous people, about, you know, what happens to these people? Will they ever, will they ever be brought back to the U.S. and then given clemency? Because the fact is that Khalid Mohammed did not fly any of those planes that hit into the World Trade Center. If he did, he'd be dead. So, so there, I could envision a point where we would be in a situation like Susan Rosenberg or the FALN, where you would have an administration who would say, you know, he served enough time, he wasn't you know, convicted or whatever. I don't, know if I don't know where that trial is going at this point, but, but um, he's clearly guilty. But, but you could see a, an administration coming in and, and re- rationalizing that this guy was, you know, he didn't do anything. None of these guys did. They're, you know, and the, the fact is, if you're a terrorist and you're a member of a conspiracy, you're responsible for all acts of that conspiracy. And that's the law. But what we're finding is that, you know, the law is being manipulated and used um, it's being uh, it, it's being ignored, and it's you know, and that that leads to tyranny uh, when when you choose so I, parts I, of the laws. Yeah, sorry. I, I, that's all right, Joe. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, 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 I here's what I find amazing. I used to think um, that a lot of this stuff is just political, but there comes a time where you see what's happening in our streets. You see that these are Marxist revolutionaries that want to destroy the nuclear family and the Western way of life. They want to destroy capitalism. They want to destroy the U.S. Constitution and completely reset everything. You cannot convince me now that you are, if you're still supporting these people, that you are not part of it. If you excuse them years ago and you thought, well, you know, they really didn't do anything, but they are now coming back into the fold and they are trying to destroy our country. If you don't stand up now, you are part of that conspiracy. Well, you you think of what Edmund Burke, right? He said, you know, all that that needs to happen for evil to succeed is for good men to remain silent. Um, and we've been silenced in a lot of ways. I mean, you, no one wants to be called a racist. I mean, in, in the, there was a time when, you know, you didn't call someone a racist. Like, it was the worst thing you could call someone. Now they just fling it out there like no one's business. And, you know, maybe, maybe oh, yeah. it'll get so diluted that no one cares anymore. But, you know, I don't want to be called racist because I'm not. And, but, but besides that, you, you need to, you know, people need to just do what they can. Like, uh, look, one of the things I like to tell people is just be prepared uh, be prepared in every way, mentally, physically. If something was to happen, think about what you're going to do. And, you know, when my father, when the clemency happened, I was the same age as my dad was when he was murdered. I was 33. And I was somewhat prepared to, mm. to fight back. Um, so keep involved, keep thoughtful, read, um, and, and be, be able to articulate um, what you feel because, um, and what's right. And that, that's the other thing. It's all about what's right and what's wrong. And what the left has done in this country is, and my son, Frank, my son is named after my father. He's 23. He's a recent graduate from Villanova, but he wrote a book um, about, about a, being a, a, it's a satire about a um, conservative on a, on a uh, college campus. It's called The Progressive Reports. And, uh, you know, he, he brings up a lot of those points that, you know, we've gotten to a point where it's, it's how you feel 
which is what the left is running with, rather than right or wrong. When there's n- when there's no when there's no like real point of what you what you what is right and what is wrong, and anything just you feel is okay to do, you know you you you've lost it and. You know, that goes for the law and everything. We're kind of, we're going, drifting on a very, actually not drifting. We're Joe. past drifting. No, we're, yeah, no, we are, we are running towards it now. Yeah, we are. Um, let me just ask you, I just want to ask you one more question and then we, we've got to run. But uh, who do you think you would have been had your dad not died? God, you know, I think about that. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I wouldn't have been, as I don't know if good's the right word, but I wouldn't have been as prepared as I am now. Like I've, I've viewed my life in, in two segments. One is before I was nine years old and after I was nine years old. And I, th- I think my father's murder has awoken a part of me and um, made me really concentrate on things and family. I'm a father. I have two kids, a wife, you know, and I think I'm better. I'm better for that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like my father's with me a lot. Um, you know, on nine eleven, when I got out of the the city, he was with me, and uh, you know, I I, th- I think what they say doesn't kill you, kill you makes you stronger. Um, I, I think it's made me a better person. And but, my God, Glenn, like what I wouldn't give just to be able to sit down and have a beer with him, or or introduce him to my to his uh, to my wife or to his grandkids. You know what I mean? Like we missed out, out on all that, and and that's something that. The people who've advocated for these terrorists, they don't care. And they don't care about the police officers who are being murdered in the streets and their families. They just don't care. I mean, I get attacked. I get attacked saying that I'm making money off my father's murder. Like, Ralph Cramden made more money than I've made off my, you know? So, like, so <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. But these are the attacks. And there's really, they don't really care about the individual. They never do. It's about, it's about the group and how how the politics can help their, their group move along. And, you know, as, as I said, Brian Burroughs, in Brian Burroughs' book, Days of Rage, you know, my father was murdered by terrorists, but he was the, it was the wrong brand of terrorists. Um, and he was the wrong brand of person to, be, to get any um, empathy. Um, he was a white male. And, uh, you know, it, it really hurts. And it still does. You could, you could, I'm sure he could hear my voice. I'm 54 years old. Um, but you don't, you don't get over these things and you know, you live with them and you do your best. And that's why I wrote with Jeff Ingber, uh, shattered lives. I actually started it on September 10th, yep. uh, 2001 on the train. And I try to miss my cousin, Steve, cause he would have been on the train. He always had beers. And I was like, I can't, I can't have beers. I want to start writing this book. It was exactly two years after the, the, uh, uh, the clemencies were the terrorists walked out of jail. And I missed Steve that night, and the next day he was murdered at Cantor Fitzgerald as I watched the planes hit. So, you know, it it has just been some of these stories I can't even believe. You have been uh, prepared for these times, uh, Joe, and I I hope we get to know each other even more. I'm I'm just impressed with your story and and who you become. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. And thank you for all you've done. Look, we're all George Washington, and I'm I'm glad you... wrote that and all the things you've done to help people we all just gotta we all just gotta do it you know it, yeah if, if i can joe connor anyone can uh we win america.com is uh where you can find him uh and follow him and the name of the book we've been talking about is shattered lives 
but what happens in history affects us today. All right, our sponsor is Simply Safe. There is nothing more important uh, than keeping your family safe, and it is going to become harder and harder, especially if we allow this kind of mob rule uh, to uh, to take hold. And if we are looking at a situation where our government goes Marxist, uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to keep people uh, out of your house. You need Simply Safe for these simpler days. Uh, Simply Safe is about 50 cents a day, considerably less than a cup of coffee that you get on your way to work every day. And with Simply Safe, you have the round of a clock uh, monitoring for 50 cents a day that'll give you the peace of mind that your family deserves. It is, there's no contracts. You own the system. And in fact, if you go now to the website at simplysafebeck.com, you'll get a free HD security camera. That's simplysafebeck.com. Uh, make sure you tell them who sent you. Uh, you'll get the cameras and the sensors. You'll get everything. And if you want the 24 seven monitoring and video verification, it's 50 cents a day. SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm coming back in two weeks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, From the Standing Rock Ranch in the middle of absolutely nowhere... Um, which I love. I love. Um, it, thank you for putting up with all of our technical difficulties. It is really difficult to do a show uh, from the middle of a national forest in the mountains, but uh, we appreciate it. Um, tonight uh, on blazetv.com, the Glenn Beck exclusive, which is just a kind of a hangout chat between the two of us, and, and we don't have any commercials or anything else. Today is it's going to be a really good one. You don't want to miss. I'm going to take the the uh, the course, if you will, the test on my whiteness. That if I worked for Seattle City, I would have to take and go through this course. It's a test I think I'm going to flunk, but you probably would too. That's coming up only on BlazeTV.com/slash/Glen today. Use Fight the Mob and join us and save twenty bucks. <laughs> 